Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area and with an office in Bradenton, Florida. You can get in touch with us by checking us out online at skyboxasset.com. Scott, great to be with you again this week. How are you holding up, sir? I am doing well, Walter. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Just uh, kind of enjoying this uh, you know, beginning of summer time frame. Well, well, kind of in the midst of it now, I guess, but... Yeah, just been a nice change of pace from winter and spring, and even with all the stuff going on in the world, just getting outside a little bit more often feels pretty good. Yeah, you gotta love the sunshine and yeah. the fresh air. Yeah, it feels good on the skin to get get warmed up a little bit and kind of makes you feel alive. I feel the same way about hot weather and cold weather. Really hot or really cold. The one nice thing about each of those is it make it just makes you feel alive. You ever walk out and it's just really really cold outside and it just you know just really I guess all your senses become really alert. I get that well, to certainly certainly wake you up. Right, right. I guess that's what I mean. It really awake. <laughs> yeah, it, it heightens all your senses. Right, you're you're uncomfortable, so your senses get heightened. Maybe is the case. Yeah. Well, in any event, heighten your senses up for today's show because we've got some great content on the way. We have a uh, really good question in a little bit that we're going to cover from Samantha, and Samantha has some questions about leaving money behind for the kids and some details that she's curious about there. Uh, we've got that, plus our movie and TV show review at the end of the show, and much more on the way. But we'll kick it off this week by talking about a very popular financial topic. And the thing I like about this, Scott, is it's something that you're probably going to have some sort of discussion with every client, every potential client who walks through the door. And that's this idea that there's a traditional IRA option out there and a Roth IRA option out there for folks. And I'm just going to guess, you tell me if I'm wrong here, it seems to me like most people, just from my anecdotal evidence, don't seem to really have that clear of a picture of whether they should contribute to one account or the other. Has that been your experience so far? Well, not only that, I think a lot of people don't even know the difference between them. Okay. I, I mean, I think that's fundamental question number one. Let's know, start the first there. First thing right. to tackle. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, I, I think you know, people have been kind of conditioned to be contributing to their regular IRAs and don't really know how Ross works sometimes. Yeah, that's a great point. So what is the difference between the two types of accounts? Well, so the biggest difference and the main difference is that with the traditional IRA, you put your money in pre-tax. So you don't pay taxes on it. You either put it in through the form of kind of like a 401k where it comes out of your work because a 401k you know, is similar rules to an IRA. So you take that money out of your paycheck and you don't pay taxes on it, or you make a contribution into your IRA and then you can get a tax deduction for your contribution. Then that money will grow tax deferred. And then when you take that money out, when you're after 59 and a half, then all of your money is then going to be taxable when you take that money out. Now, the Roth IRA works opposite. So when you put that money into the account, you don't get a tax deduction and you pay taxes on that money prior to putting it into the account. It grows tax deferred also, 
But when you take it out after 59 and a half, and the rules are the same, they're both 59 and a half in order to take it out without any type of penalty, all of that money in the Roth is then going to be tax-free. So that is the big difference is you're going to have a, a bucket of money that's going to be tax-free with the Roth. With the IRA, you're going to have a bucket of money that's going to be taxable. So this is when I've heard people say you were going to pay tax on the seed or the harvest. This is applicable to this conversation about that, the Roth versus the traditional. Very much so. Yeah. Okay. Now, I think if you look at data, it shows that a lot of people have contributed to traditional IRAs more frequently and in more amounts than Roths over the course of their lives. Why is that the case? Well, I think it's, you know, like I alluded to previously, is that I think people really didn't understand Ross or know how Ross work, as well as, you know, people are kind of conditioned, people, CPAs, when they meet with their CPAs, did you make your IRA contribution this year because you can lower your taxes? CPAs, they always have that tendency to focus on lowering your taxes right now. But a Roth IRA is more of a planning tool. So, you know, because you're going to have tax-free money later on, but it's not going to help you. So I think the CPAs, they have a tendency um, not to help you this year is what I meant. So I should allude to that. I kind of left at the end of the sentence. But, you know, I th so I think a lot of people are, are conditioned to make that contribution into their, into their IRA and get that tax deduction this year, as well as, you know, IRAs and traditional 401k plans at work you know, they've been around a lot longer than Roth too. And they're usually in the 401k option, the default option that it goes into that 401k, but there's also a Roth option inside that 401k too. So you can put after-tax dollars in there as Roth contributions in that 401k. So I, I just think, you know, people kind of follow that path of least resistance. But I think the biggest driver is, is people are trying to get tax deductions now to save money now. That's a great point. The now benefit or the later benefit, which do you want? And that's a conversation everybody, it sounds like, just kind of has to evaluate on their own. Why can a Roth be so powerful, though? I mean, I've heard its virtues talked about glowingly in the past. You know, where does the true power lie in that Roth IRA opportunity for people? Well, you know, the IRA versus the Roth IRA is one of my favorite soapboxes I like to get on because I'm a huge proponent of trying to minimize our taxes in retirement. And you know, when I work with clients, our goal is to try to create a tax-free retirement. That's why we have a tax-free retirement toolkit that we send out to people that are interested. And when you utilize that Roth IRA, you're going to pay taxes now, and then you're going to get tax-free withdrawals from it later on. Well, when we look at the way the tax rates and the history of tax rates here in the United States, we are at some of the lowest marginal income tax rates of our lifetimes right now. And I'll make an argument that, you know, in the future, tax rates almost certainly need to increase from where they are right now. So we had always been conditioned, you know, that you save your money now and you take advantage and you defer it and you pay taxes on it later because in your retirement, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. But I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case anymore in the future. You look at Social Security, the amount that we're short on Social Security as a government, the amount of national debt we have. And with the whole coronavirus thing, the country just kept going in more and more debt. 
in order to give relief for coronavirus. So that problem's gotten worse, and we need to eventually pay that back. And, you know, the interest that we pay on that debt, too. Interest rates are extremely low rates right now, and as they start to climb up and get higher, we are going to, you know, have to pay more interest on the debt than we do right now. And then we can throw Medicare in there, which is in just as bad shape, if not worse, than Social Security is. So, you know, going forward, I think there's you can make a good case that tax rates are going to be up, going up in the future. So why not pay taxes now at historically low rates so that you can pay them in the future at what more than likely may be higher rates than they are today? Makes a lot of sense. And you can kind of start to understand the ins and outs of these two different types of accounts, which share a lot of similarities, but the tax underlying elements of them being the extreme difference between the two. Now, I know, Scott, that, you know, for some people, they're going to find themselves in a situation where contributing to a Roth makes more sense than the traditional route. And for others, there's going to be somebody that comes through your door where you say, you know what? Yeah, the Roth is great, but it's not a really good fit for your situation. Can you kind of provide us with a story on on each side of that? Well, so I think everybody should have a, a combination of both. So, you know, an example is I just spoke with a client of mine. Well, they're, they're a, not a client yet, but they're becoming a client. And they have got the majority of their money saved up in traditional 401k plan, which has the same tax treatment as a traditional IRA. So he's contributing 12% into it. And he's just continuing to continue to put more and more and more money in there. And he has no Roth money whatsoever. So I think you're making contributions to Roth now to offset some of that you know, IRA or 401k regular pre-tax money he has makes a lot of sense. And so I think in scenarios like that, you should start to build the Roth. My first, usually when I meet with somebody, one of the first things that I I want people to start doing is contributing to the Roth and building up that tax-free money, whether it's through regular Roth contributions or whether it's through the Roth 401k. I want to start building up that money tax-free as much as I can. So that's what I try to do first. We try to build that bucket up. Then when we take a look at the flip side, you know, someone that should contribute maybe to a traditional as opposed to a Roth IRA. Again, if we're in a a situation where there may be a high income earner, you know, but there are limits. The IRA, you know, if you're joint and you make over 124,000, you can't make contributions. The $7,000 a year contribution, well, it's 6,000 plus a thousand dollar catch up if you're over age 55. But you know, if you have some specific reason where you're trying to minimize your taxes in this year, that IRA might be something that you might want to consider. But I would tell you, Walter, in the majority of cases, you know, the Roth IRA is going to end up working for people a lot better, you know, than the traditional IRAs are. So if you're able to contribute to the Roth IRA, just sort of as an, an early thought process, you definitely need to explore the option. Sounds like what I'm what I'm getting from you today. Yeah, I, I think that's your first stop that you want to take a look at. Now, everybody's situation is different, but I think building that tax-free bucket is going to be imperative for you in your retirement. And then not to mention, too, that money that you withdraw from an IRA increases your what's called provisional income, 
which is might very well make your social security taxable. Money you withdraw from a Roth does not increase your provisional income. Thus, it does not lead to taxation of social security. So in order to have a true tax-free retirement, you don't pay any taxes on your social security. You need to be having you know, income coming in that's going to keep you on, under that the exemption amount that you get on your taxes every year, which you know is about twenty-four thousand dollars. If you have the money you need to take out of IRAs under twenty-four, and the rest you can take from Roth, then you won't be paying any taxes in your retirement. It's mm, a great point. It's so interesting to look at the two sides of it. It's not really a two sides issue. It's just what is a good fit, and likely I'm going to guess Scott, just from my own personal experience, contributing to both of these for the last several years. So some money into Roth IRA and then other money into traditional IRA. For some people, it's going to be a mix. It doesn't have to be an either or. I feel like we should make sure that that's uh, well understood too. Yeah, absolutely. And and there, there's nothing wrong. You know, the biggest thing is I just want people to start saving money. Mm -hmm. But I certainly, you can have a mixture of the both. You just don't want to have, you know, really a ton of IRA money and no Roth money because then that really is going to limit your flexibility when you get into retirement. Okay. That's a great point. I guess um, it's important to, that's why it's important to get your individual situation looked at so that you can get these kinds of questions answered and see if a Roth IRA is for you. If you haven't explored that option before, do so with Scott Searles. If you've got any questions about what we talked about, want some clarity and a review of your plan, you can go to talktoscott.com and schedule a time to meet. That's talktoscott.com. You can also give a call to 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. And we'll put the contact information for Scott in the description of today's show. So check it out there. <music> It's getting to know you time. It's time to get to know Scott Searles a little bit better on today's show. I always like this part of the program because we just take a sidestep from all the financial stuff to you know, just talk about fun things and different things in life. And uh, sometimes we're nostalgic and look back. Other times we're talking about dreams for the future and that sort of thing. On today's show, Scott, we're going to look back. What's something that you thought was really cool when you were younger, but now you look back on it and you say, Really? really, I did that? Or that's what I <laughs> chose to be like or war or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, there was, uh, I could probably come up with several because I thought I was super cool when <laughs> I was a kid. And I look back and, well, actually, I probably was super cool, but there were certainly some <laughs> things that I did that. that Even the that coolest of us from back in the day don't look cool today, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, you know, I think one thing was I went through this phase of wearing parachute pants and breakdancing. Oh, my. Yeah. So the parachute pants, you know, I would wear these, you know, baggy kind of, you know, parachute pants. They were like that parachute material, whatever that is, nylon or, or whatever it is. Can we get a picture and of this to put on uh, to post with the show? I don't think any exists. <laughs> I'm, if they are, I'm sure I can't find them, right? <laughs> But right. Yeah, I, I, I believe I, you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I used to. And then I also, you know, I was big into working out when I was in high school. And, you know, anybody that's met with me knows that's really not the case that much anymore. But when I was in high school, I was big into working out. So I also wore, you know, kind of like the parachute pants, but not the parachute material. I don't even know what they're called, but they're kind of those baggy kind of workout bodybuilder pants, you know, from the 80s. 
And I'd wear those things. And then I'd go over to my buddy's house. We'd put a piece of cardboard out in his driveway and, you know, we put the tunes on and we do our break dancing. I was good at the wave <laughs> and all those types of things. I could spin wow. around and now I'm thinking, oh man, what a dork. Oh my goodness. You could probably say, is the bald head, would that be an advantage in break dancing? Well, come on. I was, a, I was not born bald, Walter. But I'm just saying, it would, took, it, would it, it be? It took a while. Would it be if you, if you were bald? Since you are someone with breakdancing experience, so I'm just, I'm just curious. Does the bald head, bald head aid in like spinning on your head and on the ground and stuff? Or do you think the well, hair actually makes it slicker and a little bit easier to pull off? Well, you know, I've, I've always had shorter hair, <laughs> but I would tell you that. You know, I was never a guy to spin on my head. Okay. That was out of my <laughs> comfort zone. That was level three. You only made it to level two of breakdancing. Yeah, right? okay. exactly. I, I was moonwalking and doing the wave and the worm and stuff like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Mine would be jean jackets. I've thought jean jackets were really cool for some reason when I was a little kid. So I look back at all these pictures and like every other picture I'm wearing a jean jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you look back now and you're like, what? It's oh, too funny. I actually had a jean jacket with Pink Floyd the Wall painted on the back of it. Nice. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Mine were just so like you, regular jean jacket, nothing cool on them. <laughs> well, Walter, I think you and I probably, uh, you know, both thought we were cool with our jean jackets. Yeah, I used to do the worm. I wasn't like that into breakdancing, but I could do a mean worm there for a couple of years. So <laughs> I may have done I think the, everybody's tried it, right? I may have done the worm a few times at uh, a birthday party or two uh, when I was younger. So <laughs> the worm's like the moonwalk. I think everybody's tried it. Everybody's tried it, but we, we make it look good, though. That's the difference, Scott. That's right. I don't Especially think I could make it look good now, out. but back then we made it look good. Too funny. <laughs> well, there you go. Getting to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. Gonna have trouble getting that parachute pants image out of my head, but uh, we'll do our best. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, time to answer one of our listener questions on today's show. And this one comes to us from Samantha. Samantha says, unless something goes horribly wrong, Scott, we should be leaving a significant amount of money to our kids. But I can't decide if we should tell them about our plans or let it be a surprise. I'm certain they have no idea what our net worth is. Well, you know what, Samantha? This is actually a common conversation I have with a lot of clients that come into my office. And everybody, you know, this is a personal choice on what you feel comfortable with. I've got one client that, well, now he's in his 90s, but, you know, he's been in my clients for many, many, many years, and he had never let his kids know what type of money he had. And he had accumulated quite a large net worth throughout the years. And, you know, he lived well into his 80s, in the late 80s, actually even early 90s, by himself in an apartment. And they never had any idea. And I'd have the conversations with them saying, you know what, I think you should probably, you know, we can do a meeting together, have a conversation, you know, to make sure that they kind of have an idea of you know, what needs to be done and the types of planning you have done so that it's going to make it much easier for them when something happens. Well, he never did do that. And then it came to the point where he could not take care of himself or live on, on his own anymore. So he ended up going in a facility 
you know, luckily he had me who had everything organized and knew where everything is at. I, I met with the kids and, you know, we are able to kind of get everything straightened out. And the kids had no idea, well, you know, what kind of place can we afford? What kind of, you know, how much can I spend a month? You know, I don't want, you know, the worst place for dad, but I, you know, I want to have a, a nice place, but as long as he can afford it. So, you know, because he didn't communicate, they were kind of thrown into it a little bit and they were, you know, a little, I guess you could say out of whack. And I have another client that's the opposite spectrum of that, where what he does is throughout the years, you know, he has loaned his kids money and he actually keeps a spreadsheet on every dollar that every kid has borrowed, you know, so everything is fair. And he lets the kids know exactly how much money he has and how much they've loaned. So he's very, he's very into this, making sure that every penny's accounted for and everybody knows what to expect. So that's kind of the flip opposite of each other. But what it's going to boil down to is, you know, it's going to be a personal choice on what you feel comfortable with and how you want to talk to your kids about this. As a matter of fact, I've been contemplating creating a course that would be available to my clients or, or somebody that's not a client can purchase that, that, you know, tackles a lot of these things because it's a big issue, Samantha, that a lot of people struggle with. And, you know, even if they decide they want to tell the kids, it's kind of hard to kind of broach those conversations sometimes. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is it's going to be, you know, it seems like already Samantha sort of has had, you know, if the kids have no idea, those are her words, no idea what the net worth mm -hmm. is like, that tells me that they've lived a pretty private lifestyle already. And so that's kind of what mm -hmm. they've already established as a family. So, you know, upsetting that apple cart too much may not be a, a great idea, but at the same time, you want people to be on the same page. So I guess that just, you just have to get into the real deep conversations with everybody to figure this stuff out. Well, you know, and then the point comes up is, well, about if Samantha's kids come up and say, hey, mom, we want to know what's going on. You know, how much do you have? Where's it at? You know, you're getting older. You know, what does she say at that point? Does she? We, we want to make know, sure you don't get scammed, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so she could get herself in that situation where she needs to, you know, the kids are going to want her to do that or the fact that, you know, she's going to have to say, I don't want to tell you, which is kind of awkward, even with your kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. Good ideas as always, Scott. And if you need help talking through some of these kinds of things, as we mentioned earlier, you can reach out to Scott online at talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com or give a call to 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. 0111. Whether your question be about Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, about leaving a legacy and those kinds of conversations, you can tell that the retirement planning and financial planning world is vast. There's a lot of moving pieces that go into it. And so you want to make sure that you're making good choices and exploring all these avenues and having these important conversations. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. All right, it's time for the movie and TV show review with Scott Searles. Scott, what have you been watching? Boy, well, I tell you what, as a family, we sat down and we watched this movie called Artemis Fowl. Okay. I saw, I've never seen a preview or something like that, or, or I've seen that name at least. Well, so it was supposed to come out in the theaters, 
but you know because the theaters were all closed at the time this was coming out is that disney they, they yeah disney okay. plus it was on disney plus so you know it's a brand new movie disney plus it's kind of a cross between i guess you could say harry potter okay tomb raider okay and uh kind of indiana jones thing going on there so i i actually really liked it because the premise of the story is that artemis fowl he's a kid you know like i don't know 15 16 year old kid and his dad he just lived with his, with his dad and his dad is a collector of antiquities and he's very wealthy they live in this big huge house well all these years he uh, starts talking about his father's teaching him about fairies, trolls, and goblins. That's kind of where the Harry Potter kind of thing okay. comes in. But it ends up that it's true that there's fairies living underneath us, and they come up and use magic, and they're trying to get this artifact that his dad has, and his dad was kidnapped by somebody and held hostage. So then Artemis Fowl goes on this kind of Tomb Raider mission, you know, to go you know, retrieve the artifact and do all this. So I enjoyed it. It was an entertaining movie, and it's, you know, it's a Disney movie, so you didn't have to worry about, you know, swear words or naked people in it. So it <laughs> w worked out good for a family movie. Pretty family safe. Okay, well, good. Uh, yeah. Well, since you're in the family mode and on Disney+, Plus, I'll stay there. We've been watching a TV series on Disney+. Plus. I believe they're just releasing, like, one episode per week. It's a dog's life. And it's okay. Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy. He's the host of the show. So, but it's it's just his real life person. It's not actually Goofy on the screen. But uh, right. he just go. He's going all around the country, meeting kind of just like really cool dogs and telling their story. So there's like a surfboarding corgi out in California that he goes and hangs out with. And then there's a like dogs that sniff to you know find if there's a disease in a colony of bees and what kind of training they go through. Just all wow. sorts of different cool little things like that. Just like dogs doing uh, therapy and what the training looks like that they go through. But it's all, you know, my wife and I are watching it and we don't have kids yet, but we're just enjoying it because we like dogs. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of fun to see their stories. And they're short, easy to consume. So I recommend It's a Dog's Life. Good for adults, but also it's it's goofy, goofy, actually goofy. And then it's hosted by the guy who, you know, is the voice of Goofy the dog. So, you know, it's for kids. It's it's done in a very kid way. So very approachable for them too. So does, do the dogs sound like this? <laughs> goofy. He, he does. Uh, that was actually a really good Goofy. Nice job. <laughs> he does do some small little Goofy bits. So there's like a, sec okay. a section each show where he'll do like, okay, kids, let's, you know, I can't do it as good as you do, but uh, <laughs> let's learn something, you know. But it's funny because the rest of the show, he's, it's kind of funny to watch him because he's an older guy, especially you know now years after right. the, the show. But he's just going around having a good time, and uh, he still is like he definitely himself has this goofy little personality, you know, but talking like a normal person. So it's just kind of funny to see him, you know, bouncing around and talking to all these different people. So I think we'll check it out. It's worth checking out. They're really easy to watch. They're fun, light, and the dogs are pretty cute. So if you're a dog person, it's worth watching just for that. Love dogs. Yeah. Well, there you go. Very cool. So two recommendations for you. Artemis Fowl and uh, It's a Dog's Life TV series, both on Disney Plus, if you have that channel to watch. So there you go. Well, Scott, thank you so much. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you on the next show. All right. Thanks, Walter. All right. We appreciate it. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on The Retirement Toolbox.
investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.